Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Were you screaming at a football game again this weekend? Not, uh, I mean, yes, but not as not as much as... There, were, was, there weren't NCC refs on the field. It was more like, touchdown! Touchdown! Ten times. Please don't do it ten times. We'll talk about that in the second segment, but... I want more. Yes, he wanted... <laughs> we'll get into that in the second segment. Yes, he wanted more. Uh, don't we all want more in the spiritual life? Let's bring it back down to reality. And that's what uh, the gospel is about this week, you know, wanting more from Jesus, wanting more because we've been here longer, wanting more because we deserve it, because we've been, you know, toiling all day and we deserve, you know, longer pay. Um, that's what <laughs> that's what we're looking at this morning. It's not it's and Jesus is telling us it's not when we got to the party. It's how we you know it's whether we got to the party. So we'll delve into. This uh, this gospel from Saint Matthew about the landowner who goes out and and looks for laborers for his vineyard, you know it, it's it's an interesting gospel because I was looking at it this past week and I was thinking about the last line where where the, the owner says you know can I not do with my own money as I wish, and if you apply that to God you know why do we care how God dispenses His mercy That's how he started literally, literally that's the question I started my homily with Why should we care how God dispenses his love and mercy. Why should we care, you know, if someone who's been away from the church for so long or has never walked into a church gets the same rights and privileges and blessings that we've got, that we who are cradle Catholics or listening to us that are cradle Catholics get? Because at the end of the day, if we bring in someone into the church and they receive the sacraments of you know, of, of, of initiation, and re- they receive the same Eucharist that we do. They they do. And, and if I could have an aside here, um, I'm worried about our deacon. Okay? Because yesterday, you he's, know... He's getting he, overwhelmed with applications. We, and he loves it, but I'm worried about him. Yep. Because he's 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 got... He tell when he tells me yesterday, Father. I, I For don't context, know. we're talking about the OCIA. Yeah, we're talking adults, about adults seeking the sacraments. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, you know, I preach that gospel, and after you know, I'm telling him, you know, about, you know, coming into the fold and 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 accepting people who are new to the church and all that. Doesn't matter how long you've been here. So I asked him after mass, how we doing? All that, and he, oh, we got more than thirty candidates. Now, thirty candidates mean people that may need a sacrament, need right. holy communion, may need confirmation. So I asked him. How many do we have to baptize and receive the fullness of the sacraments? All the, I mean, all the all the sacraments in the nation during the Easter vigil. He says, "Father, I don't want to tell you. I don't freak you out. I'm like, yep. I'm like somewhere. Jorge, Jorge was not with me yesterday. He was doing better things, not better things, but I'm just saying other things, <laughs> other things, different yeah. things. <laughs> but uh, you know, I go. Jorge would love this. He he's all for like, you know, what? We have, we have fifty baptisms. Let's do well, it. Yeah, let's go to two o'clock in the morning." You know, in a bladder, in a bladder exploding, you know, event. Um, but he, I think we may have ten. And that's not counting the kids that I have for you. No, and the kids. How many kids you have for me? Uh, right now, seven. That's amazing. 
So the reason I bring that up in the, in this context is we just lost half our Easter Vigil audience, by the way. <laughs> the yeah, the, you know, they go what seventeen baptisms? I'm out. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do the kids at the Easter Vigil. We're doing the kids at another ceremony. But what, what's beautiful? We're not doing it. Or he's making faces like maybe uh, I'm come like on. yeah, come on. Look at, the, look at the title over your office. Look at the title over mine. Just just for context. No, listen. The reason I'm bringing this up is that. We rejoice as a church. We, you know, for people that are coming into the into the faith, we rejoice as a church. I'm blanking out on their names right now for the family that we brought in uh, this past year. Um, the Milners. The Milners, and yes, and it, you know, what a, an amazing family, and their and their daughters are about to receive first communion this this, this coming, year, yep. this year, this spring, and so they'll be able to go as a family, you know, to communion at the end of the year, uh, at the end of this uh, academic year. And what a joy that a family who did not have a home, mm-hmm. who decided we as a family are going to enter into the faith. Now, the Milners were welcome with open arms during the Easter Vigil, were welcome with open arms when I presented them to the community uh, as an example of a family, you know, coming in and everybody applauded and everybody was so joyful. Look at what a beautiful family. And so yesterday I pointed out two of our our longest, you know, parishioners, you know, not to not say old, uh, Martha Stockhausen and Louise, who, who, who always are there at the 1030 Mass. And and I was saying, I was making the point that, you know, just because they've been here long doesn't mean that they have better seating, they have priority seating. I look at Martha, she always sits back there by the Baptist of Fun, yep. and I'm looking at Louise, and Louise sits wherever, you know, she's, she's sitting maybe halfway up or maybe a little more than halfway up, you know, my the, 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 the left side of the church. Uh and I'm like, you know, they don't get special seating. You know, they don't, they don't, you know, the milliners don't start at the back. You know, you could say the real Catholics start off at the back <laughs> of the McDory forward. But what, what's beautiful about our faith is that we rejoice. Uh, but unfortunately, and this happens so often, that just like in the gospel, that the people that had been toiling all day in the vineyard, you know, said, well, why do the people that only work one hour get the same pay that we do? Unfortunately, we as a church, we're constantly quick to judge and to judge others. Oh, look, that's Father's new favorite. Oh, look, that, that, that's the, the new uh, golden boy or the go- new golden girl of the parish. You know, instead of, you know, there's jealousies. And that's part, that's part of the human condition, I guess. But, but not really. God didn't create us to be envious of each other. Thou shalt not covet comes out a couple of times, several times in the, in, in the, in the commandments. But goodness, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the prize that the landowner, Christ, is giving to us is the same. It's eternity. Yep. So why should we quibble about who goes where? Yep. That's the beauty of the parables, too, is, is even though these stories were told 2,000 years ago, the impact that they have on a listener, on a reader today, you know, read this story, and what is your reaction? And, and like we've spoken about a few weeks ago with, with our reaction to, to these parables, it's going to tell us a lot about ourselves and where we are spiritually. So if we read this and we're with those longtime field workers going, yeah, that's not fair, you know, what is that saying about where we are spiritually versus, you know, our, our reaction should be, you know, if we are people of community, if we are people of the church, if we understand how God works, so to speak, our reaction should be, wow, look how amazing our God is. You know, look how merciful our God is. Look how gracious our God is. Look how giving our God is. Mm-hmm. 
because you said it, we don't deserve any of it. We don't, and I don't care if we've been working at it our entire life or, or if we're on our deathbed and we have a conversion moment. We still don't deserve it. And yet God, God gives of himself freely. God gives of his grace freely and willingly. And something that gets lost is he's seeking us out because yep. he keeps going back out yep. to find people to come into the vineyard. He, he keeps going out and, you know, I, 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 made, I made this analogy yesterday, 2,000 years later, and it's this, this, this still speaks to us because we have in our own time people that are you know, milling around looking for work. Like you, you drive by Home Depot Home around on, on, a, on, a, on any given morning, and there's people out there looking for work. It could be immigrants. It could be people who are out of jobs. It could be people that just, you know, just want an honest day's work. They just want to go out there, you know, get their hands dirty, and get an honest day's work. Okay? And, and I'm sure that when they, before they get into a truck, they say, All right, how much is it going to pay? And, and that's an honest, that's, and that's, it's a good question to yep. ask. It's not, it's not bad. The thing is that, you know, let's say you're going through a conversion experience. And, you know, we go into a conversion experience. You go, we, and, and forget about just in a conversion experience. You go into a relationship, any relationship. And why do you enter into that relationship? Because you know you will be fulfilled. Whether it be, okay, I'm going to get paid for an honest day's work. Or I'm going to enter into this relationship because I am loved because I receive joy. I enter in this friendship because this person brings me joy, because this person holds me accountable, because this person, you know, brings out the best version of myself. You know, God is constantly seeking us out. I also made the point that uh, as priests, we are always in search of those who are in the square looking to come into the vineyard. We're always looking. It doesn't matter at what time of life, whether in the morning or the evening of life, that they come in. You know, I forgot to mention uh, an experience that in, in the homily. That's why we have the podcast. You know, that I had, I want to say about eight or nine years ago, that I get a call. It says, Father, there's someone dying, and, and this person wishes to be baptized. Now, I, I go to this house, and, and this person was you know, I don't remember if he was barely awake or just gone, but his desire to his family was, please have them baptize me before I die. So I could baptize him and give him first communion. I mean, give him confirmation. I couldn't give him communion because he wasn't conscious enough for me to give him communion. But it was so beautiful, this elderly person, you know, and taking a bassinet from from the, the hospice nurse who was there and his family with great faith saying, Yes, my father, my uncle, my brother wanted to be baptized before he died. And even in that moment, that, that's the man who was in the square at, at, the, at 4 o'clock and may, only, may, may have only been out there for a little while, but gets the same reward as hopefully I get one day and I was baptized into the faith six weeks after I was born. You know, that... It, you know, it was impactful because it was, you know, you see the family there with great faith saying, Father, he wanted to be baptized. You know, and it doesn't matter that he waited all the way to the end. And and you could say, oh, well, but he cut corn, he didn't go through our, the RCIA, <laughs> and he didn't receive instruction. And he goes, but that desire was there, and in danger of death, all bets are off. Right. You know, it's like, we go in there. I went to, you know, so many times I go into children's hospital. We do plenty of baptisms over there with kids. You know, just in case something happens, we baptize them, just in case. We don't, we don't. We don't ask, okay, 
go through all the all the 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 work of making sure that God parents are, no we, right. we just baptize them because God at the end of the day and that's not saying that for the rest of the sacrament we can have the order and the structure and the formation necessary it's just that when doling out mercy I like go back to that question I asked how why do we care mm-hmm. how God doles out that mercy how God doles out that love we should be doing the same and not and not just doing the same we should be rejoicing in it for mm-hmm. each other again we the, the common theme that has been kind of bubbling up this season of the podcast, if you will, is this sense of community, of walking together, of being in this together, that it's not just me and my God and, and everyone else is just kind of sitting in their own pew. It is, we have to be in this together. You know, it's, it's a collective journey of faith as a parish community, as a small Christian community, as a Catholic church universal. We should not just be dispensing mercy the same way God does but rejoicing in it, you know, where, where we can say, you know, it's that beautiful scene in the, the old um, vocations, uh, fishers of men, mm-hmm. you know, that, that there's a car accident and the priest runs out you know, and runs to this person, you know, and, and he's, you know, are you Catholic? Are you Catholic? And, and you know, the, the guy is semi-conscious, says yes, and, and he's able to give him uh, absolution right there before death. You know, and we should, instead of looking at that and saying, oh, that's not fair, you know, he didn't actually confess, you know, he, and he still got absolved. You know, we should be saying, wow, how look, great is our God? look how amazing our God is that whatever this guy may or may not have done, you know, as he's, as he's dying, a priest happens to be there, gives him absolution. And now, you know, obviously we don't know what happens at judgment, but, <laughs> but he has that opportunity, you know. To, ha- to to receive that absolution, to receive that mercy, to receive that grace in that moment of death. And yet we still, we, we try to quantify it so much. You know, I also mentioned, you know, that the, I, I haven't seen Father, you know, Bishop Barron's homily this week. I just saw the title of it. This is How Heaven Does Not Work or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And... And I preached somewhat about that yesterday also, is that we, when we think of heaven, we think kind of like in terms of the workers in the parable, that there are different you know, levels of, of pay or different levels of, of grace or different levels of, of accommodations. I, I, I told the story of the, of the, or the joke of the cabbie and the priest, and then the cabbie gets a bigger mansion because people yeah. prayed in his car while people slept during the priest's homilies. Got a big laugh. I would go, people, you all didn't hear that. It's a bad joke, and I still said it. <laughs> And I got a big laugh at the 1030 Mass. Uh, but I go, but that's not how heaven works. You know, it, it's, it's a bad theological concept of heaven. In the Bible, you know, in the book of Isaiah, in so much literature, you know, we hear of a great table, of, of a mountain, everyone rejoicing, everyone adoring God. You know, it's, and yes, Jesus tells us, you know, in the Gospel of John, he tells, you know, my father's house there are many dwelling places, and he has gone to prepare a place for us. But just because we were maybe holier in this life, or not as you know, we you know we're not getting you know a bigger mansion or a smaller or, or smaller cottage or even a shack because we did this or did no no, eternity is the same for across the board. It's eternity. That's the goal. That's the prize. That's that's the great gift that we get. Hopefully, at the end of our life, you know. So. All these things, right, but but and even that is communal, by the way. Yeah, you know, and and I think we overlook that sometimes. Is that heaven again? Is not a private thing. 
there was a great uh, animation when I was teaching high school a decade ago. That's crazy to think it's been that long. But one of the Ten kids, year old. one of the kids, yeah, one of the kids showed it to me, and it's, you know, it starts with this giant table of food, and everyone is sitting around it, and they have these massive forks that are it's too large to grab the food and eat yourself. You know, so so it just shows the frustration of you know you have this beautiful bounty of food right in front of you, and this fork that's way too long to feed yourself. So and then the you know as the animation continues, it says you know this is what heaven is actually like, and it's you know with the long fork you grab something and you're feeding the person next to you, or feeding the person across from you, you know, and you get to enjoy all this beautiful food together. Again, in that sense of community where it's not just. I get what I want and it's for me and I'm going to hoard it for myself, but rather we share all this together. You know, the, the vision of heaven is everyone around the Lord worshiping the Lord together. And rejoicing together. And, and I, I like that you keep coming back to that instead of pointing out, okay, why, why is this person coming in? No, we, that we should be rejoicing. That we should be thankful that we have a God who loves us so much because we want that mercy ourselves. Well, Let's say we fall away. It's basically my job, but <laughs> right. So we we would want we would want that, you know, we we would want that mercy ourselves. Yep. I made the point that you know, whether you go into confessional and haven't been there for forty years or haven't been there for a day or a week, you're receiving the same absolution. I said, yep. well, you may not be receiving the same penance, right. but. <laughs> You know, you're receiving the same absolution. You're receiving the same mercy of God. And then when you, when you, the fruit of that, when you go to the Eucharist, you're receiving the same Lord. There's no gradations to the presence of the Lord in, in that, in, in that host. It's the same Lord in body, soul, and divinity. Wait, you mean the seats up front aren't better? Come on. You would think, but for Catholics, they're not. <laughs> for Catholics, they're not. The, the seats up front definitely aren't better. But uh, listen, today, you know, today we're recording this on, on, on the High Holy Day of Yom Kippur. Uh, and so many, and, and so many of our Jewish brothers and sisters are going to, or you know, probably went last night yep. to the temple, and and you know, usually, and they, and they are very big on sitting up front. I've had Jewish friends say, "No, Father, we, we, we sit up front. You want to be close to the rabbi. You want to be close to the sermon." I go, "Holy my parishioners, yeah. <laughs> you know, would and and we do have parishioners that like to sit up front and we and like to be closer. I, you know, I I always talk about that when I go on retreat, you know, I like sitting in the, you know, usually I don't." But for mass, especially, I like sitting in the first pew, so I'm not distracted by everything around me because it's the only time that I'm sitting in a pew. You know, even though I'm concelebrating, there's and you're never easily distracted. Never easily distracted. (laughs) Just sitting in the first pew. You know, something went through here. What what happened? What was that? Uh, But no, I'm never easily distracted. So I sit in the first pew so I could be paying attention and not be worried about okay, who's coming in? Oh, look, somebody showed up. Uh, No, I like sitting up front, and and that's that's a good. That's a good practice to have, especially when you come to the Eucharist. But there is no, there's no level of, of grace depending on where you sit or where or where you live or when it comes to heaven, because now, the price is eternity. Now there is a caveat here. Oh, here we go. Because it's easy to it's easy to read this or or to listen to this podcast and be like, all right, I'll just wait to the last minute. Ah, you know that it's a natural temptation to say, well, God's going to forgive, so I'll just live my best life, so to speak. And then that's a major that's a major mortal sin presuming on God's mercy, because you know I've said it before on this pie. It was a great T-shirt that we remember my my youth group in high school. We would sell we were selling T-shirts very in vogue in the early nineties, selling these faith T-shirts with clever sayings, and one of them was, "Those who wait to the eleventh hour die at ten thirty. Yep. 
Because you never know when you walk across the street and boom, you can be run over. Or, you know, something can happen to you and, you know, you never know. So why risk it? Why not live in a state of grace? There, there's something in the um, in the act of contrition. We say we, we fear the loss of heaven, the pains of hell. And so if you do that, you, you're not fearing the loss of heaven. And listen, you have two sinners speaking into microphones here. We're very aware of their sinful condition. We're very aware of, of the beauty of the sacraments, the beauty of, of, of forgiveness. And I'm we don't, overdue. <laughs> okay. And we... Okay, but I can't confess you on the airway. Not on the air. And, and, and I mean, Ross, I shouldn't confess you. Um, you know, record ratings for the Monday morning homilist as a confession is heard for the first time on air. Not that, happening. Not no happening because I would follow would be excommunicated and you need a new pastor. <laughs> Cannot happen. No, but you know, questions like that I get asked so often. Father, can I hear, can you hear my confession? I'm like, I can hear your confession. I can't give you absolution. And I, I go, you know, don't tell me over the phone because no. you never know who's listening. That's right. Okay. You know. Well, that was a big question uh, during COVID, remember? Oh, my goodness. It, you know, it, Whether it, we could do it on the phone. Like or... We did it on the phone. <laughs> could we do it over do, during FaceTime? Listen, we I did a lot of spiritual direction right. over FaceTime or over Zoom or, over, or on the phone. I did a lot of it, yep. more than I more than I probably do so in person now because people were needing mm-hmm. it. But here at Confession, know that that needs to be in person. So as I was saying, you know, as people that are aware of of the importance of forgiveness, of the importance of, of feeling forgiven by God, of the liberating aspect of the sacraments, liberating grace of the sacraments, you know, we cannot walk around saying, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, God will forgive me. Let me just have fun. But you know, you know, don't you think Ori and I have fun every day? You know, doing what we do, bringing people into the faith. You know, bringing people. You know, closer to God. We have fun every day. My goodness. It's a blast. You know, I remember uh, one of my pastors, Father Happy Hoyer, when we used to do these um, these profiles of priests called Kingdom of God that mm-hmm. used to come out of the Florida Catholic. You know, you know, they, I think they asked him, what, what, what would you do if you weren't a priest? That's always a question that, that was asked. Ah, I've always been a priest. I mean, where else would you have so much fun? And I remember, I'll never forget that. And it's true because, obviously... You're like, well, Father, you're, tri- you know, you're minimizing the priesthood of fun, but it's like, if you're not seeing me, you know, what I do every single day, and I do take it seriously, but it brings me joy, and, and yes, I do have fun, you know, doing it. It's, you know, it's it's sometimes painstaking, and you know, and sometimes that things that that are that very few things keep keep me up at night, but you know, it's just like you know, when when you're when you're challenged, you know, you embrace that challenge. Like, oh, this is gonna be fun. You know, this is going to be. You know, so we talk about okay, we may have a long Easter vigil, you know, and and baptize. And I'm pushing for a longer one, and and we'll and see. We're, and we're pushing for dozens of <laughs> baptisms. I go, oh, that's fun. You know why? Because we get to bring so many. We get to save some souls. We get to baptize them into the faith. We get to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. We get to make you. We get to make them members of our family. Isn't that fun? Isn't that joyful? It's like saying, okay, you know what? My wife is pregnant. You know. We're bringing another child into our family. Our, our family's growing. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that joyful? And you rejoice with that person. You know, it's the same joy that when you see someone that comes in, you rejoice. And that's what that's what we're called to do. And not, and and this is where, and I think Jorge's caveat is is, is well taken. That all right, you know, fine. And why don't I just you know, since I've been here at at, at since nine a.m., 
I'm going to leave around noon and have an extended lunch and come back around 4, 4.30 and get paid the same wage. And, you know, it doesn't work that way. If you're there, why would, and the thing is, why would you leave? Why would you leave? Yep. You're not going to find anything out there that's going to fulfill you as, as our Lord fulfills us. The thing is that our, the devil, the evil one, is constantly tempting us to say, oh, no, yeah, yeah you could find fulfillment. You could find joy out there. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful present, you know, you know uh, beautifully wrapped, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, present, but inside it's just uh, the, dust or, spot or, or thorns or The or beautiful whatever. poisoned ap- apple. Yeah, me. from Snow White. Yep. So, you know, it, it's something that we really need to, uh, to think about as we meditate upon this gospel in that, number one, rejoice for those who come in late. You know, give thanks that they're there. Number two, we need to stop judging. Okay, why did they come late? Why, why, why are you know why are they coming now when they did X, Y, or Z during their life? You know, isn't it wonderful that that they're there and they're not they're they're no longer doing X, Y, or Z? And then number three is, you know, stop thinking of heaven as this. You know, levels of like a pyramid of success where, you know, people get bigger mansions depending on their holiness. You know, there's Mother Teresa up there and I'm down here. No, we're all there. It's communion of saints. And communion means that we're all one. Rejoicing with the Lord and worshiping the Lord together and beholding his glorious face. That's what we want. That's what our hearts desire. thing is that we're constantly saying, eh, I'll just put it off. I'll just put it off. And and we get lazy when it comes to it sometimes. Say, ah, just put it off. I just, you know, this this gospel gives me license to wait until four. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. You never no. know. You may not make it. I wanna get I wanna pick your brain on something here. Oh, here we go. Because we have seen, and really post COVID, when when we opened back up again, we have seen confessions just explode. You know, so as a as a priest, and I, I know you can't get into the details of what's going on in the confession. But what is it like to be sitting in that box for an hour and a half with nonstop, just one right after another, after another, after another, after another. And you, you know, you look at the video and, and the line just doesn't seem mm-hmm. to go down. It, it brings me great joy. Sure. My back is killing me at the end of those, <laughs> because those are not very comfortable seats that we sit in, in the confessional. Um, but it, it gives me great joy. Just like it gives me great joy every Lent and every Advent, we do the Advent and Lent, Lent and night, you know, nights of reconciliation, that the lines go out the door, and we're there for three hours. And, and I remember one time that I thought that I, I don't know why I thought that I was in there maybe an hour and, or an hour and a half, and I walked out and somebody says, "No, Father, we're in there for th- over three hours." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." You know, I always say I struggle the first half hour. I'm like, "Oh, I gotta do this for another." You know, so, but it's like then it's like. You know, grace takes over. The yeah. spirit takes over, right. and it's like, it, it, and it's beautiful. I know Father Uko loves it. Uh, no, the, the, our Nigerian and you, priest. You've they, mentioned they, he just comes out like, yeah, yeah. energized. No, absolutely. <laughs> and and it's something that he takes very seriously. That he, when his his um, hospital schedule was altered and and kind of got very funky, he made sure that he was present during our Saturday morning confessions. Oh, that's awesome. Because listen. With our with our confessions on Saturday morning, we used to assign two priests, you know, and, and we would, you know, and we would rotate those priests, 
And usually if you're one of those priests, yeah, you were probably hearing confessions steadily for maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And then that last half hour, you were like, okay, those were straggling in. No, Father Andrew and Father Stephen, I wasn't there on Saturday morning. They were, Father Andrew told me they were hearing confessions to 11. Wow. You know, because we have Father Ngulu there. He had, he had to leave at 10 because he has something else. I don't know if he, I think he has something in a retirement home. And then Father Hugo has to go to work. So sometimes we're there until, until 11, you know, till 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I always remind, and now I think I've said this before. Folks, don't lie to us. Oh, Father, I saw confession started at 10.30. They have never started at 10 or 10.30 here at Little Flower. At 10 Augustine, they start at 10. But don't add to your list by lying to a priest. We're, we'll gladly hear your confession. You know, that's, if I'm walking out of the confession and you get there at 10.15 or 10.30, Oh, Father, I thought they started at 10. I'm there already. I'm going to hear your confession joyfully. Don't lie to me. So many times. You have no idea. Oh, Father, I thought confessions lasted at 1 o'clock. Never. <laughs> <laughs> never I go let's I mean we have the bulletin right here we can show it to you never just you know we'll gladly hear your confession just get there you know because everybody gets likes to get in between 9.55 and 10 yeah. we have you know and the thing is that we yeah, really we're talking about making it at the last minute yeah I'm right? like we really do have to, there's, there's benediction at 10 and then baptism start at 10.30 we really have things to do and we've been there for an hour and a half uh, I know sometimes the line scares you but the line, the line there's five of us the line moves no. quickly and, and think about that I always tell people, what other church has five priests on a Saturday morning hearing confessions and saying, come, welcome? And whether, like I said, whether it's, you know, the weekly devotional confession or the, the guy that's been gone or the girl that's been gone for 40, 50 years, it doesn't matter. You know, for, in, in the Psalms, says, for God, a thousand years is like a day. Yep. He doesn't care. He's just happy you're there. And the priest is happy you're there. And we should be happy they're there. And we should be rejoicing when we see long lines. When we have the people that are, when we have the confession lines, we have holy hour going on, and people, you know, are, are sitting there, and it's pretty much the same parishioners every week, and they're there, and they're watching the line, and and, and I pray that they're rejoicing, right. and I pray that they're praying for those people that they make a, can make a good confession, and so yeah, that's rejoice. So you were asking me how how do we feel? We just, it's just joy that what a gift that you know out of something so awful as as the pandemic that it reawakened the need for us to go to confession more often or for another people to go to confession, period. you know, And, that, and that's happening a lot. I talked to Father Vigo over at St. Augustine, and he's also slammed with the confessions okay. as well. So, But I, you know, I think I'm hearing his person's confession, he's, he's hearing <laughs> mine, because you know, that's, that's the way it goes. But yeah, so let's rejoice that we all get the same prize. Doesn't matter how long we've gone without, you know, how long we've been in the vineyard or how long we've been out of the vineyard. The thing is that we get into the vineyard and re and are there when he starts doling out the prize of eternity. That's what we need to hope for. That's what we need to rejoice in and give thanks to God that there are people that are still looking to get in, looking to get into the vineyard, looking for work, and that God is actively seeking him out. And how is he seeking him out? In us. We have to be saying, no, no. You know, God is waiting for you. Come. Come to the vineyard. Because so many people wander around this world and they don't understand what God is. They don't understand, you know, I'm wearing the clergy shirt right now, what this, you know, I mentioned yesterday, what, what this means or what the habit 
of, 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 the, of the sisters means. And we had to tell them, because we're supposed to be witnesses of the faith. And we, we invite everyone into the vineyard at any given time. doesn't matter how long they've been away. doesn't matter that they don't know what God is. Teach them. This is who God is, and this is the one who will bring you the joy that you seek. You won't find it in this world. You won't seek it in the material. You will only seek it inside the vineyard of the Lord, where he will give all of us the same gift, the gift of eternity. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Another touchdown. What happened last night? Another touchdown. Another one. DJ Khaled. Another, another one. Another one. Another <laughs> one. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I'm here with two people who were mm-hmm. present. Witness history. Who witnessed history. Well, we witnessed... Franchise, franchise history, history. And we're very close to witnessing NFL history. No, there was an, a lot of NFL history that was made yesterday. Not the one you wanted. You wanted to go, You, I mean, not that we winning by 50 points was enough, not that scoring 70 points was enough. You wanted the record. I wanted the scoring record. But the thing is, it would have yeah. just tied the record. No, the record no, was 72. 72. A, a field no, goal was... it depends on what you, the Bears scored 73 points in a game. Yeah. yeah. That's not what we heard. 73-0. It was, was a, that that game? It was seventy three. It was like nineteen forty. Yeah, it and the, the Dolphins set the scoring record for the Super Bowl era, which is really, I mean, Father Andrew made a good point last night. Ugh. In that time of football, how do you score seventy points? Because they just ran the ball, oh. unless there was no yeah. defense. And listen, in the second half, that's what we did, yep. except for the the throw. Mike White, Mike White can't have him back. Jets, nope, he's Mike ours. Mike White had a better. <laughs> Mike White had a better passer rating than Tua did. Yeah, no, just... By, by three points, but still. No, it was wild. So, no. we, Ashley, um, Jorge is undefeated. That's right. I am two this season. No, no, I'm, well, you only get into one game, but I'm saying... <laughs> no, I've been all three. No, you you are, but I'm just saying, in Hard Rock Stadium... He's undefeated. In the last number of years that he's been going with his wife... Yeah, yeah. ...living the lap of luxury in these beautiful suites that they give Must his wife. Must be nice. Okay. Uh, while, while you're out there in the sun baking. Okay. <laughs> He's he's there, and they Was have that four, not, four or five now. Four or five doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm texting him during the game. Goes, you need to go to every game. They need to get you a box every game. So I don't if know the what's Dolphins going, are listening. You know, just give Amazon <laughs> sweets for every game, and uh, th- it's just it's just amazing. I was sitting in sitting in my in my living room and just watching this, and I'm like, wow. And as every Dolphin fan, you walk into the game, you're like. Eh. Crap game, looking at of the course. Buffalo. You know, I'm thinking. And then on the third play, oh, okay, let's throw it to Tyreek, and he's going to just break it. And how is Tyreek that open on the third play of the game? How is, you know, you could say that for, for most of the yeah. game. Well, five seconds before that play, I turned to the guy sitting next to me. I said, this game should be over, but you never know. And then, okay. boom. And that was, it was that a minute and a half should, in. That it should be, it should be, be over. over pretty soon. Like, it should be over quickly. Like, a minute and 30. And a minute boom. and 30-something seconds yeah. in, yeah. Crazy. It was It was just And then amazing. it just... Went off All right, from there. so here. But this also happened without Waddle too. I want to make that very clear. This very all clear. happened without Waddle. And Cravecraft Waddle. went out early. Yes. And Bears didn't have. So I have the box score in front of me. You can't 
came prepared. I came prepared. That's why I said Mike White when I saw this. That Mike White has a perfect pass rate. It was two for two for eight, six, seven Solid. yards. But Tua, 22 of 20, 23 of 26, had more touchdown passes than incompletions. Yep. Four touchdown passes, three incompletions. Didn't throw an incompletion until the pass. second half. Yep, 17 for 17. By start. the way, I was there for the record to start a game when Ryan Tannehill went 18 passes without oh, throwing wow. an incompletion. I was in the building. And um, the first incompletion was in, in his hands, too. It was a little low. Two was was beating himself. It was a little low to Tyreek. He, he was like, eh. I mean, no one can be perfect. You know, unless you're the 72 Dolphins, of course. But, uh, a, a chain. Hello. Eight chain. Say with some attitude. Eight not chain. A chain. Eight chain. Eight chain. Fastest guy on the team, if you're going to believe it. You know, I'd like to see him and Mostert go one-on-one. I, I, it's close, right? And Mostert's my guy. As she's thinking of getting a Mostert jersey. No, I already bought it this morning. Oh, she already yeah. bought it this I, morning. I clocked in this morning and I bought the jersey. <laughs> so right now she is working towards buying, paying for that, that jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm okay. doing, yeah. Uh, A-chain, 203 yards. <sighs> Mostert, 82 yards. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns between the two of them. I mean, each of them. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Each of them. Yeah. Okay, they have more touchdowns combined than the New York Jets have all season. That's so bad. <laughs> You'd love that stat. I love it. Oh, I man, love it. I mean, I'm I'm looking at more stats. Tyreek Hill nine receptions, 157 yards. Sanders perfect. Say it for the people oh, in the God, back. No. Sanders oh, perfect. Up. Why do you Why do you bring him up? You know because he You know he would have missed if, if they ran seven, him out. He okay. had seven extra we points. We gotta get there. Great. We gotta get there because I have a whole spiel. All right, about so that. Let, let, let's get to that. All right, Let's so we're in the stand because they the, these two idiots are are, are texting me. <laughs> they're not they're not they're not satisfied with, by beating up Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos so by fifty happens. points. Well, when when you were at twenty eight, I said I want a fifty burger. And yeah, then, and, and they, then that they like came 60, quickly. So and I was like, all right, 70. give me sixty. So and then we they, realized the record was when there. We realized it was three. I haven't put up these three fingers for, since Dwayne uh, Wade. These three blood. fingers only go up for Dwayne <laughs> Wade. So the the three holy grail here. And I said, man, we got to do it. And the whole stadium the realized whole stadium. I was here listening. So here's the thing. And I had a, not an argument with your father this morning, but your father was like, oh, it'll come back in tenfold for us. I said, I don't want to hear that. I yeah. don't want to hear that, Mr. Sante. But that's what, they, that's, 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 what they were, that's what people would have been talking about. The Dolphins really didn't need to do that. So after the game, Sean Payton went up to Coach McDaniel and said. I didn't find that. You Go ahead, say it. He went up to McDaniel and said, you should have went for it. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why McDaniel didn't do it. It's not because of a classic. It's because McDaniel was a huge Broncos man. fan. He would have oh. hung 70 on them if he was a huge Broncos oh. fan. Then why didn't you do it? I don't care about no, the feelings. No, you can't do it. I don't you can't, know. You can't, you can't I just Listen, agree. there would have been a fight on the field. I, I mean, listen. Bill Belichick would have done it to us. Bill Belichick would have done it to his mother. Bill Bel- and there would have been a fight on the field. Bill Belichick. No. I remember there was a game in the early 2000s. No. Doug Flutie. No. And they were guy. just toying. They did a drop kick no. for, a, for a field goal. And I'm like. That's just rubbing it in because yep. they we stink and they don't. But no, you you have to respect the game. I cannot find myself. Maybe I'm just not humble enough. But I cannot get <laughs> because to that point. nobody's a, me, put that record now. in Canton. We owe it to the players to say, "Hey, we scored." I don't care, but no. But McDaniel oh, in his post game, I agree with everything he said. I sent you all that soft talk. McDaniel in his post game <laughs> speech to his the locker room. Yeah, says, "Listen, this is all great, but you know, at the end of the day, the this is just." Third win of the season. Yep. Three wins doesn't get you into a playoff. Three wins get you a high Brother, draft you're choice. You're never yep. going to see that again. You're never going to see that. I don't care that. about the 70 points. <laughs> oh, they could have won 21 to 20 yesterday. It's still one win. Oh, it's my just gosh. one win in the win column. No. 
Okay. Records are meant to be broken. Listen, we had an opportunity to break it. Tell that to the 2007 uh, Patriots. Those okay, guys. 2000, yeah, 2007 so, so, Patriots. The Giants, yeah. they, they put up all sorts of numbers. Yeah. That they, they, didn't, they looked unstoppable. And so what yeah, happened put, to them in, in the Super Bowl? I said, that, I said this because Andrew was like, yeah, he should, she should, they should have gone I was asked it. about yes. this morning going into math. And I said, I said, flip the script. Oh, here he if, goes. If you were on the other side of that and they kick a, a lousy field goal. With, oh, you would have been pissed. With a, you would have been railing on them. So let me <laughs> tell you guys. I'm going to tell you something very, very interesting. <laughs> I tailgate in the largest tailgate with the Miami Dolphins out there. A lot of people, everything. When we left, there's still a lot of people there. My dolphin chunkletas. I got my dolphin chunkletas. (laughs) So here's the thing. We leave the stadium. We're all still tailgating out there. And there's a lot of females who like the dolphins just as much as I do. They have different podcasts and everything. And I can honestly tell you, all of the females in the podcast in, in the tailgate said go for it. All the males vicious, said don't. Man, all, vicious. Of, all of us women vicious. said we should have went for it. So, <laughs> women so Angie, want blood. They want blood. Angie was so they want right. blood. Everybody, all they're never women. satisfied. No, we said go for it. No. I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of the Hamilton song. You're never satisfied. Oh, you couldn't do it, man. You know, but here's the thing. You got to respect the game. We go into Buffalo this week. We can two point underdogs. Which, oh yeah. By the way, tell me. We were trying to run out the clock. We were, and they kept... And they just let us run right through Why it. did they leave Russell Wilson in? That's the true that, They left Russell Wilson And we yeah. almost broke it at the end there. Yeah. yeah. If, so it would have been 77. See, if, we, if they would have... Like, for example, eight chains, the last touchdown was 8-chain. It got us to 70. And now you could have said... Now, if you say, you're saying, oh, he, he, did, he didn't go for the field goal because he wasn't... Uh, he didn't yeah. want to stick it to his hometown team. Yeah. Then why was Mike White throwing a bomb to Chosen, you know, when it was, when yeah. it was, when to make it was 56 and nothing? To make a statement. Said, 20. Yeah, <laughs> to make out. a statement. He to, to to said make that he's statement. not Teddy Bridgewater. Say, hey, I could be Come a good on. backup quarterback for you. I'm not Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry. Uh, Jason said, I said, he's 10 for 10. 10 points. So yeah, even but, if you had him as your fantasy team, that would have been good. Uh, and, and I had a friend who had A-chain on his bench. Cause oh, he, stop he, the madness. Because he, he didn't, he didn't, oh. uh, he didn't. He hadn't started a game. Stop the match. I hadn't carried the ball yet in this league. <laughs> so I have a cousin Vinny, true story, in New cousin, Jersey. I do. Seriously, you don't. No, I no, do. you don't. Cousin Vinny. Vinny you have Dinizzo. a cousin Vinny? I do. My oh, cousin wow. Vinny, Vinny Denizzo. Um, a Jersey girl with a cousin Vinny. <laughs> does he, does he drive a Buick Skyla? Who would have thunk it? He owns a pool company. And so he called me last night and said, a huge Jets fan, I have to tell you that, biggest Jets fan, my oh, Uncle Pete, huge guy. Jets fan, called me up and said, Ash, that I am really, really excited for you guys. I'm really proud for you. This is your year. A Jets fan. And that's not even coming from family love. The Jets fans are realizing. <laughs> and I'll tell you who we really need to pray for. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook chose the money over playing with us. But we don't not need Dalvin problem. Cook. I don't, not, I, not I, I don't need Dalvin Cook. But I don't need guys, Jonathan Taylor. I know, but you think about these guys who like chose other destinies. Not our problem. I'm very happy with our... our, our I am worried about, you know, too. Portland may want Tua in that Dane deal. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's going to be a four-way, do, a four-way trade with that. That's not going to go uh, it's, it's, apples to apples. It's happening. It's happening soon. Today. All right. Can we talk about things? Uh, can you look up to see the standings on the... Marlins. No, you you picked the Colts. Ha! <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> oh, that was desperation. That was desperation. Okay, so I text Father I'm still Andrew, hanging on to first place. And I said, I said, who picks the Colts? Because, you know, I get these feelings. that I'm like, it's not everything. I have actually the Bucks beating the Eagles tonight. I think the Eagles are just going to – you just have to believe sometimes. So guess what? I was the only one who chose the Colts over the Ravens, and I got that. And I got that. The Saints. The Saints, man. Come on. What was that? Oh, I had the Packers, and now I'm in and, oh. and the thing is that you were really high on the Bears. That killed me. The Bears. And here's the thing. You just got to believe 
leave sometimes. The Bears should have won. No, the Bears shouldn't have won last week in Tampa, but they, what's happening to the Bears, you talk about a dumpster fire. My goodness. Yeah. Now, the 70 points wasn't the biggest story in, in National Football. It wasn't Kansas City. It was, Kansas City, I thought they're going to, they're trying to go because they were 35 nothing. Yeah, the, I was like, it's not going to happen today. Okay. Uh, the biggest story was at Air, was in Arrowhead. Taylor Swift. Okay. And <laughs> him and Hori's rolling his eyes in here. I'm not a Swifty, but she was there. But I don't think everything. Father, I don't think they're together. I think they're just making marketing you, you, statements. You She's th- brilliant. Wait, wait, but okay, She's but here's brilliant. The here's the thing. Okay. That that gonna, theory has been posted. We're going to dissect the video. They weren't holding hands. They weren't holding hands. And, and she's <laughs> and we, But she was sitting genius. with Mama Kelsey. I have a lot of guy friends who I sit with their moms. Doesn't mean I'm dating their son. It's just, you know, I think she's doing it as a marketing thing. Like, she wanted more tickets to the game. Seriously? Seriously? The, the girl does not need a professional football player. But that is a cute little uh, matchup. There. I mean. Not a matchup. Little. I'm, sorry. If, if she wanted really. Date Tom Brady. Ew. Date Zach Wilson. No, it's too, she's too young for Zach Wilson. She's too young for Tom Brady. <laughs> no, Kelsey's a good I No, think he's a good G- guy. your sister loves Zach, uh, Travis Kelsey. Your sister the other day told me he's a good guy. Yeah, fan. I can teach you and I like him. But, no, but I, that was a big story, and everybody's like, now, but what but I'm saying is that makes absolutely no sense. You know that, what the bigger that, story is? What was the bigger Showtime, story? Showtime, Deion Sanders. Well, we'll, get to the, we'll get to college football. <laughs> let, fin- let me finish the NFL Joy here. Me the girl. Let me finish the NFL because. We are so lucky to have Mike McDaniel as Amen. our head coach. Okay, who made a fat fourth and one call? The it didn't cost us, but you know, made a fourth and one call. And and the, those the only errors in the game, the, the the two play calls to the fullback were just horrible. All right, that but that's the only thing. Uh, the moronic decisions made by some head coaches yesterday were just inexcusable. I, Father Andrew and I were watching. I don't know why we were watching the pay, the Steelers in Vegas game. We were both tired. Sunday night game. He, okay, but we, he had the he had the the Steelers. I had the, the Raiders. I had the Raiders. As okay, well. yeah. and the Raiders could have tied. You know, they were down by eight late in the game. They're near the goal line. It's a fourth and four around the ten, and they decided to kick the field goal. There was four minutes left, and they had all three of their timeouts. But you don't know. You still have to like drive the length of the field and score a touchdown. You go for it, and then you still have the th- okay. You don't make it. You still have the three timeouts, and you have to go for a touchdown, two point conversion. That's number. That's the first example. Then two idiotic decisions in the same game. Today. <laughs> okay, because I'm so glad that we don't have an idiot for a head coach anymore. Uh, in the in the Vikings, uh, Chargers game, which ended af- thankfully after the Dolphins ended their game yeah. on red zone. I'm watching this game, and it's like, who wants to lose this more? Because nobody wanted to win that football game. Yeah. Brandon said going for it on fourth and one while he's up by four at his own 24-yard line instead of punting it away. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously misses it. So Vikings had it back. Clock is ticking. They have no timeouts. Okay. And Kirk Cousins is coming to the line and they and convert a fourth and 50. Obviously, the crowd goes wild. They convert a fourth and long. They're down inside first and goal. And he, and Cousins is looking to the side. And the side is looking to Cousins. What if you, the clock is ticking 18 seconds? What do you do when you come up to the line? What do you do? What do you do, Ashley? Uh, At first, you just convert it fourth. You spike. Thank you. The clock. Okay. Of course. The clock is ticking. 30 seconds go off the clock. Time. You gotta stop the clock. He's looking to the sideline. What do I do? Uh, he called his own play, which you know, mm-hmm. NFL quarterbacks used to do. Yeah. 
and and he because he wants to get the defense not not set and all that stuff. The ball is tipped in the air, intercepted by the Chargers. Chargers win. The Chargers were overdue though. Here's the thing: they didn't look bad against us. The Chargers were due to get a win. Granted, maybe not like but that. The, but, but it was just too. And, they and, were and to then get a win. and then both Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connor. I think it's Kevin O'Connor. Have the temerity to blame the home crowd of what? Because they were excited that they converted the, that they couldn't hear each other on the play, on the on the helmet <laughs> and a play. They have the temerity. All you have to do, I'm doing it on the side right now, is motion to your quarterback, spike the ball, stop the clock, stop Figure the out. clock, Figure it out. Come on, people, it's not that hard. Okay, and then can somebody explain to me how Dallas goes into the into Arizona and loses that game. Yep. Airheads. Wow. We'll still see them in Vegas in February, but. And then you, pick, I mentioned earlier, you picked the Colts over the Ravens, and we're now the Dolphins. I don't own. think the Ravens are as good as people think they are. Really? I think I really think they struggle with Houston. No, and Houston's you, better than people you know, think. They're CJ Stroud. Oh. I just don't think that they're as good as people think, and I I knew that they were gonna eventually start losing. Oh, I was confident. I was confident with that pick. Without, pick. without their starting quarterback, with with the, with confident with that pick. With Minshew, they still got Jonathan Taylor. With Minshew, Man, Jonathan Taylor doesn't play for them right I, now. Oh, that is true. Though. You you did that because yeah, oh, I have to go up in the standings. Yeah. I need to make a crazy pick. crazy picks. Okay, Corey and guys, I, I confess, I Corey and I have done them before. Okay, so when the Eagles <laughs> lose to the Bucks tonight, that's gonna be a crazy pick too. Uh, no, because the Bucks are playing at home and they're three and zero, or being or two and zero. So they play for tonight. I'm not going to change my pick, but uh, I I, I picked the Eagles and George I have now the the Bengals I are don't 0 and two. My picks. Oh, he, you know, he's oh, he's yeah, one of these guys. Oh. <laughs> Father Andrew tells me the picks. The the, the Rams are at the Bengals in a rematch. You got to wait for kickoff to see my pick. In the rematch of the Super Bowl from uh, from the previous year, but I, I think the Bengals get it done tonight. 0 and two at home against the Rams. I mean, I don't know. And the thing is, I don't know Joe no, Burrow. Joe Burrow. Although Father Father Andrew does have the Rams. I, I may change that pick depending no, I, I have the on. As well. I, I I may change that pick depending on whether or not Burrow Joe goes. Burrow, yeah. We'll know that before the game starts. No. But that just just a lot of nuttiness mm-hmm. in the NFL. A lot well, of dumb play calling, yeah. and a lot of dumb coaching. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of dumb co- a lot of coaching and and quarterback turnover because there is a yep. wealth of quarterbacking in the college ranks, especially yeah, in. The Pac-12 out on the West Coast, yep. and which we'll get to right now. You wanted to talk about Colorado. Go. Well, Colorado was, football teams had a great weekend. And Oregon, the Ducks, the quack quacks, let them know. We're in it for the click. We're in, they're in it for the, the clicks. Game. We're in it for the wins. That guy. No. Dan Lanning. Came Dan out. Lanning. People are talking bad. He's having a good time. He's not harming. No harm, no, no foul. He was, He's he, bringing life. He's bringing money to the, the school. You know, let you're him live Dion. his life. Right? You're talking about Dion? Yeah. Okay. Right? But people are like really like Salty, they're salty to us about this. So he lost. You know, it's fun. I don't. I don't. He's gonna get pasted by USC this yep. weekend. Oh, I know. USC. A fun. 10 a.m. kick in the Mountain Time Zone. Go. What is that? Yeah. I mean, mind you, these players practice at that time in the morning. But it's like if you as you you, you tailgate it. If yeah, you had yeah. a 10 a.m. tailgate. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Well, 10 a.m. kick. So it's 10 like a.m. kick. That's no, like so a it's 5 a.m. tailgate. So tailgate. <laughs> what time did they open the gates? That was a that's hard one. At where? At this is in Boulder. Five hours earlier. Oh, 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, kegs and eggs. Kegs and, <laughs> kegs and eggs. Canes uh, won. A little undefeatedness over there. They were sleepwalking through that game. They look good, though. At O-line. They look good. And we, haven't, and we haven't seen half of what they're capable of doing. We have a bye week this weekend, and then we have Georgia Tech. And have, then we, we... have we played our, Have we incorporated the tight ends yet? No. 
I think I've seen two passes to the tight end. So your only test this year really has been Texas A&M. Yeah. yeah. And who played well this week? It's been Auburn. it's been the Restrepo show. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, I think that you know we have Carolina and Clemson next month, and if we could talk about Clemson, Clemson, oh, Clemson oh, is back. Two ACC said. losses. They they're gonna find a hard time. They there's always a path, but they're gonna have to you know run the table in yep. terms of getting into the ACC championship game. Uh, Clemson comes down here. We go to Carolina. We go to Chapel Hill for for that game. Um, but there's no reason to think that the Canes can't win both those games. Because first of all, Clemson should have beaten FSU. Yep. Yes. But Dab- well, talk about dumb coaching. Is FSU Dabble is at the barely end. hanging they on. They have a field goal right there for Somebody the taking. Smack FSU. They're barely hanging on. Like these games. Like, and Clemson's defense oh. is very good. Well, they still got three first place votes. Are you kidding me? Florida, Florida State. State. Eh. They barely beat Washington. Got a first place vote. But Washington looks good. They lost to BC because BC beat themselves. Yep. Yeah. They lo- they beat Clemson because Clemson. Boneheaded miss on the field goal. No, but it wasn't just the field goal. It was the way that they manage the clock. Yeah. It goes, if you have a kicker who was not kicking for you the previous week, yeah. you kill clock yeah. and go for the touchdown. Yeah. Hello, you play to win the game, yeah. Armand Edwards. That that was that was just bonehead. And then the game of the weekend. Ooh, who were you rooting against on Saturday night, OSU and Notre Dame? Oh, yeah. So... I like Notre Dame just in the fact Earthquake. that you know, just Anthony swallow Sano, both teams. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we were watching it in Fort Lauderdale. We had a Dolphins get together, and uh, that was crazy, right? Like Ohio State, we're like, are you gonna do this or you're not gonna do this. So that was an interesting. But at you the know, end- it was not at all surprising that the last play was run with ten defenders in the end zone. All right, what am I showing you right now on my phone? Yep. He something he recognizes yep. from back in the day when Al Golden, who now That's coaches, right. That's why I was going to it was not surprising at all because Al Golden is the defensive coordinator. Al Golden against Georgia Tech years ago, you know Georgia Tech was third and goal at the one inch lines, yep. had a jumbo package, and Al Golden is playing that defense like if we were at midfield in a nickel yep. in a nickel formation, and we're like what? And then not on the last play. But also on the next to last play, coming out of a timeout, they play with 10 men on the field and no defensive end. So Ohio State recognizes that and, you know, decides, ah, we're going to run the ball. And by the way, I, I, I was reading some tweets that Notre Dame fans are ready to rush the field after they stopped Florida, uh, Ohio State on, at the goal line. Yeah, poor Catholic kids. They didn't have to, <laughs> couldn't rush the field. Uh, they... That was it was a, it was a very entertaining game. It really it really was, and you were like, who do, who do you root for? Who do you not root for? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ryan Day, at the end of the game, going after Lou, Lou Holtz. Holtz. Yep. Whoa. I mean, Lou Holtz. Yes, he's 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 talked nonsense his entire life. When he was an analyst, he was awful. But he's an old man who's rooting for his home team. And why are you go? You're you're, you're seeking bulletin more material from Lou Holtz. See, I understand. Dan Lanning getting most of more material from Dion. He's an active coach. Okay, and Dion had plenty of material to give Oregon, but you're you're getting your inspiration from Lou Holt. And when has when has it become? I've never heard of Ohio against the world, ever. And they had a flag with that Ohio. Against, yeah. When? Yeah, they, they want Jersey that. against the world. I've heard of that. I've heard of because Jersey, you know, but. Ohio? No one cares about Ohio. You guys mind your business. <laughs> they they do their thing. It's you know what I mean. They they want the attention. It's you know. Wow. 
That was. We like them. But it was Ohio's a, it was, for lovers, right? No, that's Virginia. No, that's Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then maybe, then maybe Ohio just. Lake Erie is so it's so romantic. Canton's amazing. Been there. You 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 were in was, didn't you, you went to Cleveland. I was I was at Cuyahoga Falls. I was in Cleveland, Cincinnati. Isn't that, isn't a it most romantic city? Oh, the best! My oh. goodness. So before we get into baseball, Inter Miami gutted out a, a a gutsy point in you know undermanned yeah. in, in Orlando, Orlando City. Yeah, that was I I saw the the second half in its entirety, and they I mean it was a gutsy gutsy performance by those kids. And there's still a path. There's a major path. Big you know, game this week. Yeah. Well, on Wednesday they're playing for a trophy. Yeah. Hopefully, Messi plays in that one. And Did then, they move it to the Hard Rock, or is it? No, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a drive uh, pink. Yeah. yeah, it's a drive pink. But they should have moved. If they would have moved to the Hard, I would have sold out oh, easily, yeah. easily. Hands down, We're I, I would have been a huge that. money grab, both for the Moss for Moss and Beckham and for Stephen Ross. They should have gone there. They should have. And then on. over the weekend, the Marlins uh, won a series against Milwaukee. Hopefully, you know, get used to that. If we get the last wild card, will we play Milwaukee in the? Don't count out the second wild card, though. No, I'm not because now the Rockies. So I was there Saturday. Arizona is uh, so is teetering. Yeah, they they are. They lost last night to they no, lost they, to to San Fran. No, not Arizona. Huge crowd on Giants Saturday. are no, no longer Giants, Giants are, are out. They're out. I'm saying Arizona. The, yeah, they're it's they're Arizona flying. and Chicago. That but the like Cubs and goodness, we have tiebreaker over both of them. Yeah, we do. the Cubs were losing most of the game yesterday, and then at the end they yeah. pull it out against the Rockies, who cannot be relied on. But the Cubs had three against. And the Atlanta. Rockies had two runners on in the eighth and in the ninth. Uh, mm. Couldn't yeah. do anything. See, with he it. was focused on the Dolphin game totally. Oh, I was too. But, I was so watching everything. We have the Mets. We have so our home. We have the Mets this week, and we have the Pirates, and the Pirates over the weekend, both uh, on the road. Both, both on, on the road. road. That's fine. Found out Sandy is done for the Mets, season. Mets. I, so I keep saying it. Mets are a tricky team. They're, they're sneaky. They took two of three. I was there on on Monday night. And you know they want to play spoiler after after we played spoiler. We've played for so for many that. times. Yeah. So many times. I'm excited. Burger, you know, Burger's the guy this year. Or for now. Louis Arise is getting a little quiet, but not Louis too much. Louis Arise. Oh, Dude, but Burger's coming out and hitting okay. water. Light show. Get out of here. Do you know about the injury? No. Uh, What? Arise oh, when he fell, I was there. I was there, but oh. I didn't know about it. So they, they shut the lights yeah, off. Yeah, they turn know, off the lights. Saturday. Yeah. And then... I, I found out about the house Monday when I was <laughs> no, no, no. there. So we're like listening to the radio on the way home. They're like, Louis Arise got injured. And we're like, wait, where? We, were just, we just sat through the whole game. They shut the lights off and he tripped down the stairs. In the dugout. In, In the, the dugout. dugout. <laughs> like, what? And we are st- and we still may make it into the postseason. Go without figure. Without Sandy, without Louis. Hopefully a week from today we're talking. To, we're it's, breaking it's, down a Milwaukee series. It's, it's a pretty, like, it aggravated badly. He could yeah, barely he move could, yesterday. Yeah, he could barely move. Uh, I th- they have an off day today or, t- or today. Uh, today they have so hopefully Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah Sunday. so hopefully but we need the Yankees to win today at one o'clock. Oh, we don't ever say those words, George. Yeah, they, but they're they, playing they, Arizona. I know, I know, I know. As we <laughs> That's your job. sit here, on look at the, that. I actually said go Yankees. <sighs> I cannot. You're gonna, you're just gonna take that sound clip right there. Oh yeah, completely baby. out of context. Absolutely, it's not out of context. You said go Yankees. <laughs> it's not out of context. <laughs> So yesterday, as we sit here on the 25th of September, yesterday because the Yankees could not beat Arizona at home, they are officially eliminated from postseason, and Beautiful they just moments. need to they just need to clean house, clean house. Everybody just go. Boone. I forget Boone Cashman. I've oh. been saying that for I've been saying that forever. I've been saying it forever on this podcast. It's Cashman. Get out of here. And the Dame Littered watch is still because Heat Media Day is a week away. So it needs to happen before the season starts. Season starts in three weeks. 
It's been a lot of smoke. But the thing is, is Father, the trade's not going to be apples for apples, right? We, we're not going to give up Sam. We're not going to give up Jimmy. We'll give up Tyler. And Tyler's not going to be enough for the Trailblazers to want that. going to get so not going to anything be a, else from It's going to be a three- or four-way team trade. So whatever that's going to entail, but it's not just going to be, okay, Portland, we're going to give you this, and you're going to get that. It, it just can't happen. It, it, we don't have it, and we're not going to give it up. You know, Pat's not going to give up big-name players. So it's going to happen. It's just not going to happen. How we just go in with the team that got us to the finals, I should think, minus Caleb Barton and Gabe Vincent, but. So there was a Broncos fan that sat in front of me yesterday. I'm going to tell you real quick. Um, a loudmouth Broncos fan. Loudmouth. You know, really? What do they have to be loud about? You know, they won Super Bowl 50? I said. For a minute? He was loud for a minute? No, he, he had a mouth on him. But, you know, at the end of the we were clapping for when they did something good. So we, we, got, we gave it right back to him. And I said, this is what you get for your nuggets destroying my heat. So this is payback. I went there. Yeah, that's true. I went there. Okay. I went there. I went there. So he goes, well, you didn't we have got, to put we 70. We showed them. I said, I said, he said, you didn't have to put 70 on us. I said, you could have let us win the NBA championship. So that was my little battle yesterday. I gave it to Just him. Just here. Have it. <laughs> Ashley Sachs, everyone. You can hear her. Promote your podcast. So yeah, you... yeah. Bad calls, balls, and brawls on YouTube. Always a, always a fun show on there. There you go. <laughs> she got a big get this week. This is somewhere, though. Orlando Arzegary. Uh, Bill's... This weekend, we beat them? Uh, no, because I can't go because I have to work. So we're going to lose, and I'm going to blame it on no. it. I, I, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think. It comes I, down to defense. And I, I think. We I didn't talk about this, but our defense, our secondary wasn't that great yesterday. I'm going to tell you, I don't think we come out of Buffalo with a win this week. I think it's it shows us, even if we lose, I think that it teaches a lot about what this team is. Yeah. Because there was one stat that I don't know why I, had, I was going to bring it out earlier. Through two weeks, okay. Tua is 3-0, has completed 72 passes mm-hmm. out of 101 attempts, and has eight touchdowns and two interceptions. The exact same stats after three games as last year. How did last year end up? Okay. Okay, that's why I said. That's why I agree with Coach. It's just win number three. No, you still have one for the three oh, points. Dear God, <laughs> Don't know. No. No. And with that. No, no tenfold, no fivefold, no folds anything. And we talked about the prize in the first segment. You keep your eyes on the prize. It's not about records. It's about winning the last game of the postseason, which is the Super Bowl mm. in Vegas. On a field goal. Who may... Who <laughs> By may, Sanders. In Vegas, who I may, a, a place who I may or may not have priced a flights to yesterday while I was bored. Okay. Just, just throwing that out there. It's expensive. It'll be expensive. Father Manny will not be doing that Sunday Mass. <laughs> Father Uko Steven, and we need you on backup. <laughs> I, I played that in my mind so many times that I have no idea what I would do. But anyways, uh, so keep your eyes on the prize. Prize is eternity. Uh, pray for each other and rejoice when people come back home. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.